That's all I got. You can do better than I that. I can't Come do on. better than that. You can I'm do not... better than that. No. Say, hey, welcome to Movies with Manta. We're doing a screenplay episode today. See, there you go. You Let's it. do that. No, you did it. It's fine. Okay. We don't have to. I believe in you. I tricked you. You can do it. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Hi, welcome to Movies with Matar, where instead of talking about movies, we're going to be talking about our new original screenplay. There you I go. have a good commentator voice. Yeah, that's pretty good. That wasn't too bad at all. Okay. So today we're going to actually talk about a screenplay. That's what I just said in the introduction. This is why I said you should do the introduction. I know, but then this is reintroducing. <laughs> it's called uh, bringing it back. Oh, it's cool. You have like rings on your camera. I always have rings on my... It's never actually noticed. This is a mocha. Okay, so we're writing, we're writing a screenplay, and because we didn't watch anything recently, or we did, but we're gonna, we're gonna talk about those in other episodes. We're gonna talk about this today. We're writing a screenplay about. What are we writing a screenplay about? How would you describe this? I guess it's like. It's not high art, like the way that she said that. It's, it's not like extra cerebral stuff. It's uh, it's just very hard to explain in in like a concise yeah, terms. Um, I guess this could be described as like a. Would you say like a dystopian utopia? I think that's. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not a bad place, or it's not the most perfect. It's a normal world. It's supposed to be like a um, <clears throat> enhanced future society with a more. What is it? Could you say not really justified, but it's supposed to be more justified. Air quotes. Legal system. Yeah, it's like, uh, okay, the, the central conceit of the story is that instead of death row inmates getting, like, lethal injections or, like, the electric chair, their brain and consciousness and memories are transferred to a mentally ill patient, and the mentally ill patient gets to live out the rest of their days in that convict's body. So, then they, they you know, slowly lose their faculties, they slowly lose, like, control of their bodies, and that's how they die. Is that dystopian? Is that utopian? We don't really count. <laughs> we don't really tackle those issues because it's not that high art. It's just going to be a normal <laughs> movie. Let's <laughs> what's the thought so far. How does it start? So basically we've got um, this man. His name is Harold. He is maybe around like 40s probably. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm saying. But he's very concerned with health, well-being, advancing in his career and all that. Um, so he's the main character in this screenplay, and basically what he's trying to do is basically get the ideal situation, gain everything that he sees from this other guy. So this other guy's name is Donnie. Um, young, uh, maybe like mid to late 20s, um, fit, very fit, very spry, um, and is advancing very much within the same company because of... I guess, well, he sees it because it's like some sort of nepotism thing, but in reality, Donnie does very good work. He's hardworking, he is very smart, um, very engaging in this business, therefore he's moving up very quickly, whereas Harold, who is in his 40s, is kind of stagnant in his position. So basically, this whole premise of this uh, screenplay is Harold trying to gain control of Donnie's life. Essentially. Well, Donnie's body. Donnie's body. And, he, yeah. Yeah, he has the life of... Um, basically, what happens to Harold's body is that even though he's taking care of it, it's still deteriorating because he is getting old. He sees the... He sees the, the possibility of like an early death, or like a really painful death, or whatever. <clears throat> Harold's not... His body is weak, his mind is still strong, so that's why he's just, he's just there. <clears throat> the story is hinging on the fact that there is a precedence in this uh, society for the brain transplant, like the consciousness transfer, to be reversed. So his ultimate plan is to frame Donnie for a murder. Get no, no. Yes. No, but it's framing himself um, first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's a very complicated plot, and I'm sure there's probably like a better way, but I wanted to show his psyche as sort of like, I don't want to bring it up with like a recent example, but I'm talking like, like, sure, Thanos had like an idea, and he, you know, he was dead set on 
just culling 50% of the population instead of, you know, like doubling resources or making like, uh, like uh, contraceptive being more popular or something like he was dead set on this one plan and he doesn't want to waver because he knows it's a possibility. I want him to have that almost stubbornness about him. I want that to be a big part of his character. Like maybe there could have been, there, there's probably going to be a scene somewhere in the middle where some people confront him. Uh, namely, this one character that we're looking to introduce, which is like a little lawyer that's sort of like a hallucinogenic mind guide for him. It's, he's not real, he's just there. Don't worry, this will all make sense if we actually get around to explaining the rest of the plot and what we have now. Also, we probably shouldn't release this until... Right? Because then it kind of gives away everything. Ah, it doesn't matter. No one's gonna... No one's gonna yeah, listen to this. it does? Nah, it's gonna be like, um... There's another podcast that one of our friends told us to listen to called Story Break. And they essentially do the same thing. They just write stories as a podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I think it's it's going to be the same thing. Hopefully nothing too much. Even if it does get spoiled, um, there's like a study that was out that's like, oh, when you actually know the spoilers of a movie, you actually enjoy the movie a lot more. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's why I always look at spoilers whenever I can. Hmm. Yeah. So, basically, his plan is to... Um, get himself incriminated so he gets into a mentally ill patient's body and then what he's going to do is he going is he he's going to get that crime that he was uh, com, uh, convicted of and he's going to make uh, the cop see that it was Donnie that did it so then Donnie switches with his consciousness so now his consciousness that was in the terminally ill patient switches with Donnie so Donnie's terminally ill patient's body and Harold gets Donnie's body meaning he gets the youth and the position That's the main conceit. So right now we have our first act almost done, give or take. I think it's I basically it's done. It's pretty much in its like end stages right yeah. now. We've got, we're like working on the second part. So. Yeah. So I guess this episode will probably just be called, uh, what, what should we call it? Some movies with Matt because I think that's just going to be its own entity with the whatever. This one will be, I'll come up with the name later. <laughs> Oh, but no. Okay, am I writing a screenplay? Well, it's called The Freeman Trials. Because yeah. that's the... Oh, let me go through like some of the history, some of the world building that I sort of yeah, did here. Funny. Yeah, so it's set... What's the setting? Did I say Boston, or did I change that? No, you said Boston. Did I? Okay, wait, do you want to read this out? Uh, sure. Um, Boston, but it's in the very near future, heavily stylized like the mid 20th century America. That's just a stylistic choice. Like that's there's no real plot element for it. I just think it would look different than if I just had like modern day Boston, and also gives it a more mm, old timey, fantastical sense too. Because I oh uh, the big thing that I wanted to change was instead of because I wanted this whole movie to feel different. I want the score to be more jazz, jazz and Latin-based oriented, I guess, because in my head, whenever I hear any sort of cinema, like orchestral orchestral pieces, basically, like any sort of cinematic pieces, there's always like orchestral pieces, there's always like a big, yeah, there's always like a big symphonic section, and no matter what I hear, it's always epic, but there's always some gravitas to it, but I want that to not be there and be like a jazz theme so Something it seems like cooler smoother like a little bit more subdued yeah like a lot more subtle a lot more understated than like a big bombastic brass and woodwind bah, section bah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so um i'm st- i still have yet to see taxi driver i've seen whiplash but whiplash has a couple of orchestral pieces although most of it is jazz and it kind of works is amazing. whiplash is pretty good Miles Teller's probably his best role. It's a lot of, like, um, what's it called? I don't know how to explain it. It's, like, really, like, quick and, like, very, not explosive, but it's, yeah, it's a bit more, um, like, in your face Mm -hmm. jazz. But I want something more... Like, big band jazz, almost. Yeah, I want something a bit more, more, more cool, more smooth, like, smooth jazz. Like, basically, like, a bass, piano, drums. Maybe some drums, yeah. And then, like, a couple of times like with the trumpet. Maybe, yeah, trumpet sax or trumps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the mid-20th century is basically um, after World War II was uh, finished. 
uh, American and German scientists worked together to figure out how the Nazis uh, were able to be not like controlled, but like they were able to be. Uh, yeah, it's almost like the I want to say the Milgram trials. Miller. It's the one where the the people had to administer like a shock. Oh, and they're like, oh, you're talking yeah. about a psych experiment. Yeah, like a psych experiment. Imagine that psych experiment. Oh, for those of you who don't know, I want to say it's Stanley Milgram. Yeah, just switch it up. That's, you have the laptop. Stanley Milgram. I think he's the one that did that, right? Is he the shock one? American social psychologist. Yeah, experience yeah controversial of, experiment. Yeah, so he's, he's the one that had, like, two people. Uh, one of them was an actor, and the other one was supposed to administer a type of shock, right? So... You would just tell them, hey, press this button and you'll shock the other person, right? And they'll keep going up until it goes to, like, lethal. And even though um, they could hear, like, the, the shrieks and cries of the person they were shocking, there was, like, an authority figure there, which I'm assuming was Stan, Stanley Milgram, or, like, maybe, like, a psych grad student or something, right? They'd just tell them, no, no, just keep going. I want you to go up to, like, under 20. Even if there was no response to that, the person legitimately felt like they had murdered the other person, they'd still go even though uh, the, not the obedience of the, the masters, whatever. So, in this, in, this, uh, in this timeline, the Stanley Milgram experiment, instead of happening in the 1960s, they started almost immediately. Um, there was some other different parts of World War II that happened, where there's a, like a splinter group of Germans who worked... I'm assuming that actually... I'm going to look at my World War II history before I say anything more, because I'm feeling like I'm not doing it justice. But America and Germany teamed up to, to conduct research on Nazis, essentially, to see how, how they were able to do that. And that led to further um, neuroscience research and essentially by... This is what's happening in our story. Though. Yeah, this is an alternate timeline. Don't, this didn't actually happen. Unless it did and the government covered oh. it up. <laughs> don't worry, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Don't take that to heart. That's Please not don't. what we're doing here. Uh, go back here. And so I think like around the 1980s or 90s, they had perfected brain transplantation with consciousness travel as well because they, they understood how all the neural networks work and all the pathways. Um, both of us are both very interested in neuroscience. We both basically have degrees in neuroscience, but our university doesn't yeah, offer we a degree. we don't have a neuroscience degree um, here, where like everywhere else basically yeah, does, yeah. which is really sad. <laughs> I could go on about that for a yeah, that's a, that's one of the worst decisions we made in our lives. Not no, we have a good background now. We have more options available to us now. Yeah, but it's not a bachelor's of science in neuroscience, so it's not the it's same. Funny. Yeah, but yeah, but we've both taken like a lot of stuff, and so I really wanted to, you know, just in case I don't get a job as a scientist, at least I can use my neuroscience knowledge <laughs> in some in some form. I figure this is probably the best way to use it. Very real topics coming out right now. Okay. Uh, what else uh, oh yeah, I wanted to have some allusions to MK Ultra, like the government controlling things, but I don't want it to be super big because I also feel like evoking the mid twentieth century America also evokes like a sense of like the Cold War and just in general like um, paranoia, like a like a general state of control. Anxiety. Anxiety. Yeah. Like I want that feeling to also be there because. I mean, it's 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 very prevalent. Whenever I see like a uh, like a screenshot from like Fallout or Bioshock or like any other mid twentieth century, there's always stuff like you know Big Brother or like the Red Glare or stuff like that. Like whenever you see like a like a commie propaganda poster, it's always like, oh yeah, yeah, that's kind of scary. I don't want to see that. <laughs> um, and so I thought like MK Ultra would be a good idea, and I think that would be really cool. Um, let's go down. What else do I have in this? Yeah, so um, that's sort of like the set pictures I was trying to look at. There's like that painting. Oh, what's it called? I'm sure. Yeah, yeah go go do yeah do a quick search of that because I know. There's a way you can search. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not how it's gonna work. I think you have to. Anyway, it's it's a picture of the the woman and man in a diner. It's like the corner of a diner. Painting, try painting instead of pics. Yeah, there it is. Um, it's 
Nighthawks. Nighthawks, yeah, I didn't know that yet. Right, right. right. It's, the, it's the painting Nighthawks, so if you want to... This is an audio podcast, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try my best to, like, explain it. And then, because that's a very, like, a more realistic, grounded take, I want my film to have, like, a bit of a... A bit more of a fantastical element, because it is... There's a lot of things in here that wouldn't make sense in like a gritty, realistic world, that this 1950s neo-noir sort of style. So I have a picture from Bioshock Infinite where they're on. If you play the game, they go up into a, into like a sky city called Columbia. But I really liked their use of color and architecture, and more importantly, the big statues and stuff. And I really wanted to emphasize that sort of aesthetic because I think that would look really good. But also, I have no idea if this will ever get made, so this is all probably just a craft shoot in a dream. And then the last picture I have is this, I think it's a house in California that someone retrofitted to make it look like uh, the 1950s, because this is a 2018 picture. And it looks nice. I don't, it's, it just looks, it looks like the 1950s. Like, when you look at it, you should just look at it as like, oh, okay, this is like a different time, but it's like now. Think, think of Fallout. If you, if you know Fallout, it's like before the war happened, that's probably what it looked like, like the start of Fallout 4. I think that's that's probably the best way to go about it. I think you've seen like Captain America the first Avengers. Yeah. You'll age that up maybe like 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it has like modern technology, because I think... Yeah, you know, it might not, but I want like it to have like some form of like like phones or something. Like I don't want them to go into a phone booth, I want like an actual... Maybe well, like yeah, a cell phone or something. In, like, it's 2025 or something. It has like an older feel. Like, we make it in the future again? Dichotomy. Wait, wait, wait. Why do we want it in the future again? I don't know. Because we could just keep it in the 1980s. I mean, I think the reason you wanted it was to have all that new technology and stuff like that. Show how the world is advancing. I think that's right, yeah. Okay. Yes. Um... Fast forward 40 years, right, right, that's right. Okay, okay, so in the 90s, I think, early 90s, late 2000s or something, or late 90s, early 2000s, um, so the first Freeman trials happened, where scientists were able to, um, successfully, yeah, successfully transplant, like mm-hmm. and have that patient live the rest of its life as a, uh, as a totally ill patient. And I think maybe there was, like, there was, yeah, always some sort of backlash associated with any new development, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, this especially becoming, like, a human trial. People were like, is this ethical? Is this uh, okay to do? Whatever. Are you, is it ethical to subject people to this type of punishment? How is this different from death row? Is this better? Is this worse? All that kind of stuff that came up. Those are some of the questions we're going to try to address in the, in the script and in the themes of the movie. Um, Basically, it's the... Yeah, I think, I think that could work out. Yeah. So it's, um, it's the, the marriage of the healthcare system with like the legal system, but in a very twisted way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and I think that's most of the setting, I guess. There's not too much else that we have to go over. Um, oh, oh, the the company that Harold, Donnie, and the third guy, whose name I don't think we've made yet. Archibald. Is it really Archibald? The one who died? Yeah, did I name him Archibald? Did I really? Yeah. Ah, okay. Probably changed that. Ah. Change it. I think that was kind of like a placeholder because we couldn't think of a good name. For yeah, I think Archibald just came to my head because it sounds like a dumb No, we name. were watching Riverdale at the point. Yeah, Archie, yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay, yeah, so, um, we rattled off their character traits, right? Yeah, so that works out. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, um, you want to read that part out? Sure. Okay, so we've already talked about Harold. He's an old man. He's active and fit, but he also has diabetes, arthritis, general health issues. So he's trying hard to retain his youth. Um, mentally, he's fine. He's very smart and strong, but he can't really do anything about his deteriorating body. Um... Harold works at this surveillance company. He's been there for at least 20 to 30 years. Um, and he's like the next in line to be like a higher up position at this moment. But then... Wait, oh, before we go on, um, just so you can like picture them in your head, 
I've always pictured Harold as sort of being like Michael Keaton from Spider-Man Homecoming, you know, the vulture. You saw Spider-Man Homecoming? Yeah. I'm just looking for my own reference. Uh, yeah. That's sort of how I saw Harold as. But not as gruff, just physically he looks like that, but he has like the, the personality of... Um... Oh, I based him a lot off of um, Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman, the main character... Biff? Is it Biff? Wally? Main character of, uh... Uh, Death of a Salesman. Not his name, but the, the dad. The dad character. I think his name was... Wally. Willie. Willie Loman. Ah, Loman. That's also why I wanted to name it Freeman, because it's like... Free man. Oh. Yeah, I, um... I really loved Death of a Salesman when I read it in the 12th grade. And it's always sort of stuck with me, so I thought, what better way to pay homage to that than by writing a deconstruction of a character about it. Um, it's basically if Willie Loman didn't fail at the end and kind of became successful. So I guess it is a very much a deconstruction of the character. Um, oh, I named him Harold Otis from the, from the Greek philosopher Herodotus. Herod Otis. Harold Otis. Um, I, I found that out by searching up the Fountain of Youth, which is essentially what he's trying to accomplish. It's a way for him to be immortal. Um, should I give away the central conceit? Because that's always how I started whenever I talked about it with friends. Um, like, this, like the twist. You already have. No, like the twist. Oh. Uh... I guess I did, because I said he has to frame. Anyway, okay, okay, so this, this is the storyline, this is the plot. Um, Donnie... Nope, Harold kills someone. Nope, that gave it away already. <laughs> uh, okay, someone is murdered in the office, and immediately people think it's Harold because he's there at the murder scene with the murder weapon. Right? Yes. And, uh, and so when he's being put into this transplanted body, he has memory loss or no memory loss? Because we haven't fully decided this yet. He has, like, partial memory loss, is what we talked about, but then he kind of regains consciousness after a little bit of time. Um, so he knows, he's fully aware of everything that happened in his past. Yeah, but he's also not fully there, as his brain has gone through a transplant. Like, he has lost a couple of his faculties, but he still has uh, personality and stuff. And so his plan is to find out who actually killed Archibald in the CEO, in the in the office. And then as soon as he does that, he goes back to his body again. But the thing that I had is that if he did lose some of his memories, he's not gonna get those back. What? Yeah, because if he lost some of his memory from because I think we had we had one scenario where Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Right? Because he has some a little bit of um he essentially has, like, retrograde amnesia, just a little bit of it. And there's a bunch of, um... Okay, let me tackle this one at a time, because now I'm just jumping from place to place, and it's not going to make any sense, and I'm very sorry for the two people that listen to this. Because uh, <laughs> um, I, want, I want the plan to be slowly revealed to the audience. Harold has this plan from the beginning. He knows he's gonna get out of it because he, he has been planning this for like years. Maybe as soon as he gets that um, that, that warning from the doctor that's like, yeah, you're, you're probably not gonna live too long, but you know, try your best. And as soon as he hears that, he's like, okay, I gotta figure out a plan to get like a better body. And that's why he targets Donnie. Okay, wait, I'm gonna pause this for a second. I'm gonna go check on the audio. Okay, and we're back. I just had to check on the audio to make sure, you know, nothing is, uh, nothing is dumb and everything works. If you pause it, they're not gonna know that we were gone. No, but I said we're gonna pause it. That's true. So it works out. Haha. <laughs> um, yeah, so I want Harold to have, like, this plan fully in place before anything happens. Um, I don't know if... If the retrograde amnesia comes as a surprise, and if it does, he should show that he's not that surprise, or maybe he does. We came, yeah. There were like two separate scenarios where we said that Harold would be fully um, understanding that he was going to be experiencing retrograde amnesia and had planned for it, 
or there was a second scenario where he that caught him by surprise and that's one thing that he didn't factor into for his master plan um, because Harold is a person, his personality is very much like everything is planned to a T, he has a schedule, he has a certain order in his life kind of person. So we were debating whether or not we should keep him like that the entire way through and kind of make him foresee any possible scenario so that if he's smart enough to realize that if you're tempering with the brain, then there might be kind of other side effects or something like that. Or if he is arrogant enough to believe that his plan is going to be carried out fully through without any other hiccups associated with it that he did not already account for, such as memory loss. So those are two possible scenarios for the character that we're thinking of, but overall they kind of result in the same um, outcome. This is just more of a personality choice for Harold. Kind of alters a little bit of what's going to happen in the middle of the screenplay. I'm just checking if the name of this is taken or not. What happened? Oh, uh, the internet died, hold on. You're also at 4%. Oh, I'm at 41%. Try to move this podcast. Because if not, we're going to take that name. <laughs> Yay. Okay, so that that's not a podcast. There's one called Right On, which is also pretty funny. Right, come write a movie with us. Sounds cool. Sure. You like that name? Sure. All right. So this podcast episode is gonna be called Come Write a Movie with Us. Sounds good. Episode one. Sure. Or we'll call it like setting. First act. First act. <laughs> act one. No, yeah, because we're gonna have like twenty acts before this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this will be fun. Okay, so we're gonna call this Come Write a Movie with Us. Too many syllables. Original. It's like one extra syllable. Yeah, no, too many syllables. Doesn't end off in the middle. Movies with Natar words. Come write a movie with us. Come okay, I understand. I okay, thank you, thank you. It's gotta end off with like a high note, I think. Okay. It attracts cats and it can attract humans. How did this get made? That's really funny. That's gonna be na- okay, let's think of other names that we could name this. You could just name it the Freeman Trials, too. For just this particular episode? Oh, no, like any other episode that we do with the screenplay, we'll call it the Freeman with Trials. Yeah. Come write a movie with us sounds interesting, and I feel like if people see this, they'll be like, oh, okay, that's kind of neat. Yeah. You poke your eye out with your glasses. Oh, my eye is itchy. Oh, no, now you have pink eye. No, I don't. I'm good. Yeah, you sure? Mm-hmm. You look like you're in pain. She called it eye pain. Yep, that's what you do when someone is in your eyes. No, I'm fine. You good? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So right now we have we have a crossroads in our in our in our story, but we we did the smart idea and just skipped it and went on to the next thing and pretended like that never happened. Uh, <laughs> we should talk about the tone of the movie too, because I think that's also something. Also, we're in a we're in a coffee shop. So if you hear you know steam and stuff, that's because of the coffee making. <laughs> um, right. I have I have it in Boston because I already wanted to show how understated it is. If I made it New York, that's like too big. And New York is yeah, it's like very well known. It's already like da you know what I mean? Like, it's very big bandy jazz. But Boston, I always felt, was like New York's little brother, even though I think Boston is older than New York. But no one, like, talks... Are you okay? Okay. You sure? Yeah. Lots of water or something? Okay. Should I get you an iPad? Maybe. That <laughs> tar. Am I right? That's funny. Boston versus New York. Um, how do I explain that? When was it made? <laughs> like Origin. Origin. <laughs> Oh, no, that's sports. Sports. Of course, of course. Okay, go well, to Boston time. Or Boston, uh, start date. Boston. Discovery? Discover? Discovery? Discovery? the name of the thing when you have a city that's being formed? There's a name for it, I can't remember. Inauguration is what I want to think, but I don't think it is. Boston Discovery. Boston became a, became when a did, city. Yeah, when did Boston become a city? <laughs> Try that. Maybe that could be the name of our podcast. <laughs> when did Boston become a city? 
Alright, let's see, let's see. 1630. 1630, really? Interesting. We're in New York, it's city. Well, it had to be after York, so. 1654, that's what I said. No, you didn't. I said that New York is uh, younger than. Um, oh, yes, you said that. Yeah, and I feel I thought like... you meant that you said that New York was made in 1664. Oh, never. I don't think so. Um, the tone that I put down is that I want, like, an autumnal tone. Like, it's very... Are you sure you're all right? Yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. She's been rubbing her eye for the last 20 I just, minutes. I just need so. to stop right, rubbing my eye. Yeah, just don't do that. Just let me keep it closed. Yeah, so... Um, I like I like fall in general. I think it's the prettiest season next to um, powder snow winter instead of like blizzard winter. But yeah, I want I want this to take place in fall because I think it kind of works. Because if it was spring, then that already carries like that connotation of things beginning anew, whereas fall is like where things come to die to provide sustenance for like the next time of living. Also, fall in Boston, after looking at some pictures on Google Images, looks amazing. So, uh, And also business suits, because most of them will be in business suits. They look really good in the fall. I still got here. Um, oh, you should talk about the music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is all you. This is, this is some genius stuff, and I really love I, what she's been doing with this. What? The like music particularly, stuff. like, what I've Yeah, with, well, like, Harold and Donnie and stuff. Oh, I was just thinking that each character should have an instrumental motif. So if you see Harold come on, then he gets a saxophone. So he'd be represented by a tenor saxophone. He'd kind of have, like, a more smoother tone, more cooler, so that, you know, he kind of has things put together, basically, is what I wanted um, him to appear like in terms of music whereas whenever you hear Donnie or see Donnie I guess come on stage what you'll be hearing is the high-pitched trumpet sounds and more um uh what's it called segmented more useful oh. yeah more segmented in the terms that it's not like you know legato it's more you know pinpointed it's more pointillistic um it's a little bit more it's supposed to sound springy so that's kind of showing that he's like young he's you know um doesn't have everything put together really so he's still trying to figure out his way through life whereas Harold has already gone through everything and knows what he's doing also in terms of um, Harold is color, touch of gray whereas Donnie is full black <laughs> in terms of tone color also um, if I wanted Donnie to have like a trumpet tone because it's very brassy it's very high-pitched and bright and it's up there so he's like you know that also kind of puts together the aspect that he is, um, uh, what's the word for it? He's got a lot going for him, basically. So he's kind of at the top of his game right now. He's going places. Whereas um, I wanted Harold to have more of a saxophone tone, which kind of gives you a little bit more of a little bit more of a raunchy kind of sound to it, really. Like, if you've ever heard, like, a baritone sax or a tenor, tenor saxophone. It's crunchy. Playing, That's like, what I like to yeah, describe it. Yeah, it. it sounds crunchy, even if it's not really, like, but it sounds crunchy, um, for lack of a better term, I guess. You could say that it is, um, I would just say raunchy. For lack of a yeah. Um, yeah, so basically, um, the interplay between these two characters is what kind of puts them together, and the cool part about that is that in the end, um, regardless of whose mind is in whose body, the body will still be encompassing that particular tone color, if that makes sense. Does that make sense if I yeah. say it like that? Um, and then, hold up, can you remember? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. about the distance Um, basically, it, this is going to be put together with a, uh, what's it called? Oh, I had a, I was going somewhere with this. Okay. Yeah, so very typical things to create tension in this entire, I guess, score for this piece would be a lot of dissonance, um, lots of suspension with the dissonance as well. Um, I don't really want things to resolve that way. I also kind of like having a, um, uh, what's it called? Kind of playing in like more of the lower register for most of this piece, kind of giving it that darkness, heavy-weighted kind of feel. Um, this is all very, like level basic kind of music stuff I guess it's not really like a like a music major stuff but you know 
um, gets the point across, I suppose. Um, and yeah, in terms of our overall kind of scores, so like, not like a very big band type feel, very smaller orchestra kind of stuff, so maybe like have one sax, one piano player, well that's typical, bass, um, snare, hi-hat mostly for the drum set, um, yeah, be kind of playing around with some melodies and stuff like that. And if you if you ever have the time to like make a like a short demo game and like yeah I can record something yeah you can just go and like Audacity or whatever, or whatever sort of music I only use Audacity it's yeah. free <laughs> it <laughs> gets the job done that's all I need <laughs> yeah, and we could just uh, we could have like a little bit of a demo just so you guys could have more of a feel to it okay. um, what else do we have to talk about kind of talk about characters but I was using um God where I found this from. I think it was in one of my screenwriting books, but it was like, like the characterization of people, there should be like three things, like three factors you have to keep in mind, and it's likability, competency, and activity. So like, the, the general rule of thumb, I think, is like, at least one of, like, to be a good character, you need at least one of those three, but you also need to have like, less than three factors to make it good, you know? Um, freedom writers, what was that? Oh, okay, it's, it's a like a, yeah, okay, it's a movie, okay. Yeah, come write a movie with us, I think that's what I'm going to call it, unless I think of something way better, in which case, <laughs> disregard what I just said. Um, I guess the, the, the main push is, hmm, the main push is that Harold, okay, Harold wants a nice body, and, like, the, the thing that he needs to, like, push past is being able to frame Donnie for it. But he's already done that, but the audience doesn't see that, that until the end. Oh, there, there was a movie that does this twist really well, and I can't remember it, but there's a movie where there was, like, a lawyer trying to, trying to get, I think, a psychopath out of it. I think it's Hidden Images. That's you go talk about stuff while I go search it up. I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> I've got, like, all the plot points that we already, like, figured out. Just so sure. they could understand. Okay. Um... Sure, gain my laptop. Because if you use your laptop, I can just... Oh, you jump with the lawyer. Oh, yeah. And the caller. The lawyer and the okay. caller. So, yeah. yeah. So, basically, since this is supposed to represent... This would also be there. Don't Yeah. Since this is supposed to represent, like, a death row scenario, kind of, um alternative, I guess, in this fictional world. Um, he, the person who is convicted of whatever crime is going, uh, uh, bleh, what is it? <laughs> Along with the brain transplant, the person yes. also gets a collar yes. in which they are um, frequently injected with a certain amount of it's drugs. It's a cocktail so of certain drugs, certain yeah. concoction of drugs. Um, which also messes with your brain and your perception and everything like that. Yeah. Um, so basically, Harold, does he, he knows this too, right? So he's aware of that as well. Um, but he's not aware of it after the brain transplant. Yeah, so oh, he so we knows, did decide on the... Did we? Yeah, because that's the only way that that would make sense. Because I also have written down somewhere that he, like, kind of remembers, again, like, that was what, to what's supposed that, to happen. That happens in Act but, 2. But, like, we're not supposed to, as the audience, we're not supposed to know that. We're supposed to be under the impression... That, that he's he's completely, completely gone. Yeah, he's, he's in the dark. Yeah. And the only thing that happens is because of this new character, Timothy Wright. Or it could be a woman, and it could be Tamantha. Tamantha. <laughs> I was right? watching Fairly Odd Parents the other day, because I literally have nothing else to do right now. And he, there's this episode where Timmy wishes that he could think like a girl. Do you remember <laughs> yeah, that? Remember. And then instead of being Timothy, so he's Tamantha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so basically... Um, once after Harold's gone through the brain transplant, his main goal is to basically say that he was framed. He, in his mind, now thinks that he did nothing wrong. He was framed for whatever um, murder that people are convicting him of. In the first round of trials that got him into this position, um, basically everything was against him. So it's his job right now to prove that he's innocent. Um, and 
he, with this help of this lawyer that kind of appears in his life, they're trying to prove that he, Harold is actually not the perpetrator, I suppose, for uh, this crime. It was actually Donnie. Um, and basically his argument, his, I guess, uh, moral argument for it is that um, Donnie was wanting to gain power. He was rising up the ranks really fast. He wanted to gain power as quickly as possible. Um, and that's what he, that's what was his motive or something like that. It's not completely set in stone yet, uh, but it's being formulated to gear toward that way. Um, so yeah, so this lawyer, Timothy Wright, appears in his life, comes and visits him in this correctional facility that Harold is now kind of not imprisoned in. I'm saying that with like very loose air quotations, but he's basically kind of like, he has to be there. Um, he can venture out if he wants to, but he has to be back by a certain a certain time. He has to eat there. He has to sleep there. Um, yeah. Uh, basically like a jail, but it's supposed to be like a nicer jail. It's supposed to treat him like better in a way. Again, kind of playing on that whole justice system. Is this moral? Is this ethical? Is this right? Kind of thing. Um, yeah, so basically he says, Timothy Wright comes in and says, you know, I was you know, reviewing your case. I don't believe you are guilty and I want to help you get you, help get you um, out of here, basically. So Harold says, okay, sure, let's go, let's go do that. Um, but the thing is, I don't know how much should I talk about the lawyer at this point. Yeah, just go for it. Like everything? Yeah, more or less. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> just, okay, how about I'm just going to say it, and then you can expand. Sure. Yeah, so the lawyer shows up every time. Uh, I was going to say Max. I don't know where Max, Max came from. What? <laughs> Max is actually not a bad name. Max Otis? Maxus. Not you. <laughs> That's what it Maximilian. That's another nickname for Maximus. Not... Maximus isn't a real name. Yeah, it is. Maximus? I'm sure that's where Max comes from. No, it's not a real name. Yeah, it's a fictional character. It's from Gladiator. Okay, but it's still a name. No, it's not. Is there anyone named Maximus? Yeah, once considered too much name. Maximus has entered the realm of possibility now. So, I mean, I guess you're technically right. But it's, it's too much of a name. Like, I don't want to name my kid, our kid, Maximus. It's way too much of a name, Matsu. Maximilian, however, I'm totally down. Yeah, Maximilian is fine, but Maximus is too much. Maximus sounds like it's too much. That okay. sounds like way too big. That sounds like a title. It's like naming someone a doctor. Okay. Just a doctor. Not even doctor, but a doctor. <laughs> okay. I do like Maximilian a lot, though. I might change Harold to Maximilian. That's a long name, though. I feel it, though. I feel it in my heart. It feels it's nice. Like, I mean, if you call him Max, it's yeah. not a big deal. Maximilian. It feels nice on the tongue. This is probably just me, because I didn't get too much sleep last night, so that's we probably will it. will discuss this. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. Yeah, you were saying the lawyer appears. Right, the lawyer appears every time uh, Harold gets, like, a, like the, the, the drugs in him. So, but it's not going to be, like, you know, like, the drugs go in him, and then you see, like, you see the lawyer. Like, just, like, pops up in front of him. No, but his, um, his arrival always... Coincides with. Is it precedes? Is that the word? Precedes? No, it. it succeeds? I suppose. Yeah, it succeeds. That sounds weird. The, it follows. It, it follows. That's a good movie, too. It's a movie? Yeah, it follows. Oh, it's oh, about cool. gonorrhea, I think. Oh, cool. I but it's like a horror movie. I have not seen it. Yeah. Um, wait, okay, keep. Yeah, so we could talk um, about that. And like, oh, oh, why he. Because, oh no, we did. We had him. Um, we had him lose his memory for a little bit. That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah, and then the he lawyer. But then he, right, he okay. remembers, except that as audience members, we're not supposed to know that he remembers. Yeah, you could probably huh? reveal the twist, or Timothy, that it's actually in his head. I just revealed it, so okay, you can talk about it. <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyway, so this lawyer is well. I said it. It's made up. It's in his head. It's fictional, um, which is why he kind of always appears. Um, and he kind of just shows up out of nowhere, you know, he's just like suddenly in Harold's life. He doesn't really have any previous connection with him, but Timothy, um, uh, presents himself as if he's like an esteemed kind of, you know, 
someone who's willing to help, whereas it's basically just a representation of Harold's thoughts oh, for this thing happening, for his brain trust. It's, it's the paper I was talking about. It's from uh, University of California, San Diego, so UCSD. But it's a uh, story spoilers don't spoil stories, which is a terrible title. If I was story spoilers don't spoil stories. stories. I don't Hard like it, but yeah, it's a uh, it's just pretty nice. Anyway, continue on. Sorry for interrupting. I just found I don't know what I was saying. Um. Anyway, okay. Well, audience out there, please tell us what we were last talking about. Um. <laughs> So yeah, basically, this lawyer is a fictional character in um, Harold's mind. The way we're going to be representing him in the screenplay is that it's he's supposed to appear like an everyday human. He's supposed to be normal. He's supposed to, you know, have an office, have a contact. Have... Oh, but he's very kooky. His yeah, characteristic is very kooky. He's weird. Yeah. Very strange. Which is, like, he's not the very typical lawyer, but apparently he presents himself as he's very, like, he's a good lawyer or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, and the name comes from a television pod, bro, podcast broadcast that Harold or Max, because we haven't fully decided yet, <laughs> saw that um, he was able to switch the brains back or switch the brains into someone else because he he knows that there's precedence for it. Now it couldn't also it probably might not have been Timothy Wright. It might be sounding similar to it, like maybe Jim. Jimothy. <laughs> Jiminy? Jiminy's the name. Jiminy. Yeah, and it sort of works with like that cookie sort of... Well, Jiminy's actually, yeah, that's why he was... Yeah. Because he's supposed to be the conscience, right? Mm-hmm. So. So, I'm, so I'm gonna work, sort of like draw parallels between that. It's gonna sound like Aquaman, we just have so many things from other different movies into one movie. <laughs> um, yeah, uh... It makes more sense like drawn out than it does spoken. But that's okay. Yeah, I mean, it worked when we like explained it to two other people, and they and they sort of understood and got on board with it. Yeah. Actually, we should probably credit those people at the end too, because we we this is, this is a barely one. either of a, either of us own sole works. Like it's a lot of a lot of inputs from all sorts of areas into one. I'm quite happy. I'm very happy with how uh, with how much progress, because we kind of slacked off for like four months, but. Well, it's like we come back to it yeah. as often as we can, I guess, with yeah. going on. It's, it's been fun. Mm-hmm. And we always add something new, or we, like, figure out something. Because you can't work on something for, like, days on end, or, like, hours on end, because you're not going to get anywhere. You need to take a break. You need to... In our case, we take four months of a break. Yeah, and then we come back, and we have new energy, and we have new thoughts, and we learn more things. Yeah. Like, I learned a lot of things this semester that I could probably use in this. Yeah, pharmacology. Yeah. Pharmacology, there you go. Drug stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, basically the big twist, big reveal in the end is supposed to be that um, once Harold regains, I guess in the end Harold succeeds with his plan essentially. So he is successfully incriminates Donnie for committing this murder. Um, he believes that he has done the right thing. We as the audience members are supposed to say that, okay, basically we're supposed to sympathize with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to feel that he was wrongly convicted, that he's just mad in the wrong place at the wrong time, trying to work his way back up and regain regain, um, regain his innocence. Sounds weird. That makes him sound like yeah. a child, but like basically prove that he's innocent. Yeah. Um, and based that we do, we do. That's supposed to be what happens at the end. We're supposed to um, turn on Donnie, who's supposed to be this very charismatic, upbeat person who everyone's supposed to love. And in the end, he turns out to be this mastermind criminal type person. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Harold successfully incriminates Donnie, then his mind goes into Donnie's body. Donnie's mind goes into Harold's old, no, goes into this mentally ill patient body because Harold was in the mentally ill patient yeah. person's body. Um, but yeah, so basically in the end, we don't see the It doesn't even matter. Yeah, so all of that basically was done by Harold. There was no lawyer, there was no uh, representative at all, it was all Harold in his brain um, <laughs> doing it for him, which is supposed to be basically show that, you know, this was his master plan throughout the entire uh, throughout the entire film, this is what he was concocting from the very beginning, from the very moment that we saw him, this was already implanted in his brain. Yeah. Cool. Um, and, but it's supposed to be done, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> 
it's supposed to be done um, very subtly. It's not going to be this like grandiose reveal or yeah. anything like that. It's supposed to be a little bit more open-ended. You're supposed to have to question what actually really happened. Well, it's not going to be that open. Like, I kind of want the the twist to be like the end of either like Primal Fear, or, like most good Shyamalan movies, where like the the twist. It's like apparent, but it's not overly explained. Not yeah, not overly explained, but it is explicit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So instead of it, like I always hate movies right at the end where like there's like, <laughs> like a monologue of just like one person, and this is what the movie was about, and this is what you should have picked <laughs> up on. I wanted it to just be like like having everything explained to you. You just want it to be like you know yeah. everything kind of fits into place yeah. in the end when you just sort of realize it. Mm-hmm. Like I want either one visual element or like one line of dialogue, yeah. like one sort of acting bit that people go. <laughs> like like one of the best ones. Uh, recently, I just saw Old Boy 2003, and I'm gonna spoil it. But uh, the movie is amazing. It's about this Korean guy who wronged a guy in his past. Uh, he was imprisoned for 20 years, and now the guy who imprisoned him has his uh, is going. Nope, nope. I'm confusing with the 2013 version, which is terrible. The 2003 version. The guy wants to get revenge. And along the way, um, you know, he's, like, hypnotized, and so is this other girl. And so him and this girl uh, go on a journey, and they go and try to find this guy. A lot of shit happens. And then right at the end, like, um, and these people, they have, like, sex, they go on dates, you know, they, like, they fall in love with each other. And it's actually quite of a, it's a good romance. And then they realize right at the end that they were both hypnotized to love each other. And the, and, uh, oh, and, and the guy, old boy. Odesu, I think that's what his name is, finds the main bad guy, and then turns out the main bad guy has been purposely making these two people fall in love, and then he finds out in, like, a box that they're mother and mother and uh, father and daughter. Oh, oh no. Right? When it's, like, it's in oh one God. shot, and you realize that the girl that he's been falling in love with is his daughter. Ew. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Right? What movie is this? Old oh boy, it's great. I'm sorry for ruining it for you. But hey, story spoilers, don't spoil stories. We're gonna watch it. It's really good. Old boy 2003. It's amazing. It's really good. That's really weird. It's super good though. It's one of the. It's super. It's uh. It's one of. Korean. Yeah, it's uh. It's quite good. We'll watch it sometime. You know the twist, so I mean it all works out. But it's it's so well done. The the 2013 version has Josh Brolin, and um and Scarlet Witch. Elizabeth Olsen, yeah. Yeah, okay. They're, they're, they're the father-daughter. Yeah. So, you remember that scene in um, Infinity War where they're like, I'm sorry, little one? <gasps> oh, no. Oh, that's gonna just totally ruin that for me now. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, um, but... Uh, no. Also, like, a movie, like, uh... <laughs> it's okay. It's really good, though. It's a really good movie. The guy, uh, cuts off his own tongue. To prove to make the evil guy not tell the daughter. So wait, so that means they're still in love with each other by the end? No, no, he knows the daughter, or the daughter might not know, because who knows? Oh, that's so weird. That's yeah. probably weirder. Yeah. Oh my god. It's fucked, but it's really good. It's a good movie. Super good. Um, and it's because um, the evil guy kind of had like a weird relationship with his sister. So, and because, um, he, okay, the evil guy blames Odesu for killing his sister because, um, Odesu saw the evil guy and his sister kind of, like, being a little naughty with each other when they shouldn't have, and so he spread rumors around this whole school that that forced the Uh sister to kill herself, and so (laughs) the way that he got back at Odesu was to imprison him for 20 years, (laughs) make him fall in love with his daughter. It's, it's it's such a it hurts. There's, there's a scene that I think you'd actually hate, but um, they make like to get information. Odesu takes out 15 teeth, like with the chisel. Oh my god! Yeah, it's hard watching it, and I kind I kind of want to do stuff with that because I realized. Um, like, no one's actually got, like, their hand cut off. Whenever I see someone's hand being cut off in a movie, I don't feel anything. But I remember when I watched Old Boy, when I felt like someone's tooth being taken out. Everyone has tooth pain, 
everyone gets like annoying tooth pains every now and then. You know how that how bad that feels. So I kind of want something to happen to his teeth or his eyes. Something more realistic or yeah. relatable. Yeah, because. Look, you can cut off someone's hand in a movie, and I'll be like, I don't care. Luke gets his hand cut off in Star Wars, I'm like, alright, whatever, I don't, that doesn't, I mean, I guess it kind of hurts, but I've never felt that before. I guess it kind of hurts. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been, i never, like, got, oh, okay, like, a that's cut, a, right? that's fair, yeah. But I felt tooth pain. I felt eye pain. I would even think, like, if there was a, just, like, a scene of someone pulling out, like, nose hairs, that could even, like, <laughs> that could hurt. I hate having my nose hairs pulled, so that works out. Or, um, really, like, really nails really. under the fingernails, like, 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 toothpicks underneath, and you just, like, force it in there. I think that would hurt. Because um, everyone's, like, cut their fingernails and, like, had, like, one time when they go, like, too far in. Sucks. Are you, like, cutting the webbing? Oh, stop. Something? <laughs> like, I want something to have, like, that visceral pain feeling instead of, like, the boring pain. Like, a shot. I haven't been shot before. I guess people who have been shot could probably understand. Breaking breaking kneecaps. Because I feel like lots of people have broken their legs before, like fell down on their knees. I think like every time I see like someone like kicking in a knee a kneecap, that hurts. I relate to that one. Yeah. <laughs> so stuff like that I think like more visceral realistic showing the pain is the only type of pain I want to show in this movie. Other than the one time we have a shot, just to... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be really nice. Um, where were we? Right, I was talking about Primal Fear. That was the movie I was talking about, like, ten minutes ago, before we went on this <laughs> this whole thing. Oh my god, this is an hour already. Okay, do we get an hour and a half? I think an hour and thirty is probably a good time. Well, I mean, my parking runs out in, like, 27 minutes. Oh, that's so. perfect. Okay, so we'll finish this up in 20 minutes. Okay. Alright, that's like the basis of the movie so far. Yeah, I think that kind of covers a lot of like the very introductory elements of what yeah, we're trying to do. Yeah, all the background of it. Yeah, I mean, like, I suppose, like, in future podcasts, once we get, we can talk about like particular acts more specifically mm-hmm. and go through what's actually happening within the plot itself. Yeah. This is like a very like brief overview of what we want overall yeah just so people understand the tone people understand what type of movie we're trying to make i guess it's kind of a detective movie it's kind of like a mystery but the mystery's been solved from the start yeah <laughs> yeah i mean like not for the audience but for the characters. no i know i know i know it's Oh, yeah, I, I always that, kind of a... make it, it, whenever we talk about it that way, I always kind of think of, like, the black and white Agatha Christie type, like, classic detective show mm-hmm. feel kind of thing, you know what I mean? Like the Judy Belushi or whatever her name is, Judy Broom? Was that the mystery lady? No, that was, that is, that's the, that's the Super Fudge books. What was the mystery books for kids? We're talking about Nancy Drew, I think. Yeah, there you go, I, I loved Nancy Drew as a kid. I'm also thinking like Scooby-Doo. Oh, <laughs> rhyme. Nancy Drew, Scooby-Doo. Um, Party yeah, boys. Party boys. <laughs> yeah, but like stuff like that. But the conceit of this one is that the main character doesn't really have to struggle that much. Yeah. He does have to struggle. He looks like he's struggling. But that's but just to overall, make him look good. Yeah, overall, he has control over the entire situation. Yes. And you don't find out that he has that control until the end. Yeah. That's basically it. I want that to be that. But then I also think with like the. Uh, it kind of makes it seem like there's no stakes in the movie. Because the main character is this omniscient person who actually wins. But I want. Well, the stakes are his life. Yeah. Like, that's. It's supposed. It's going to be seen throughout because we're supposed to sympathize with Harold. Yeah, so he's going to be. He's going to have to be put through the ringer. Yeah, so. But it's like. It's just that in the end you find out that, oh, all of our. Like, you know. We felt for this character and mm-hmm. overall we shouldn't have. Kind of yeah, it's like Paradise Lost or King of Paradise, whatever that one. The main character is Satan in that one and you're not supposed to sympathize with Satan, but you do. Yeah. That's sort of what that story's about. Anyway. Um, you know what I think would actually be a good director for this movie, the more I talk about it? M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> I think it could work. Although, supposedly, his newest, like, a, you know, the new movie that's coming out, oh, Glass? Oh, called Glass, yeah. Yeah, supposedly it's terrible. 
Really? Yeah. Well, that's good. Because it's back to bad Shyamalan, like when he did the last Airbender. Oh, my God. That was so bad. I was so sad that that was a live-action film. Mm -hmm. Should have just kept it as an animated kids show. Oh, you know what would be really good? Into the Spider-Verse version of Avatar. Into the spider Ooh. That would be cool. Except instead of, like, Aang or Korra, it could be, like, Roku or Kyoshi. Or, um... Like, their backstory type thing? No, no. Like, just have a story of one of the Avatars, but not Aang or Korra. And it could be, like, stylized in, like, that Chinese calligraphy style. You know what I mean? I think so. Like, you know... Here, here, I'll show you, I'll show you a little clip of this. I'm showing her a clip of Batman Shanghai. Batman Shanghai? Yeah, it looks like this. Like this sort of art style. I think I know what you mean. Yeah, um, it's a very sty- heavily stylized sort of Asian, like lots of, lots of thick outlines, and it looks like it's drawn with ink. Like that's Catwoman. <laughs> Like, did you see that? Like, all the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Street Fighter has it for, like, their focus attacks, and that's basically it. But it's very, um, like, like a lot of, like, it's a, it's almost anime. It's, like, Chinese anime, I guess. Is that racist to say? It's not racist, right? If I say Chinese anime... I think if you question it, it automatically becomes racist. Not really. I don't think that's true. There's Bane right there. Like, 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 like that. I know what you mean. That's exactly yeah. what I wanted. Actually, I think Avatar 1, remember that one? Remember that little mini-series that they had in court where they talked about the first Avatar? No. Did I miss that? Probably. Avatar 1. It's what it, it looks like this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. They already did it here. Let's see if I can't find it. Avatar 1. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, like this. They already sort of did it like this. Okay, it's not. It's like a mixture of like the chorus style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is it essentially. Yeah. I thought I this would be cool. Yeah, because look, look at this art, this art style. Yeah. This exactly. Okay. It. I love this art style so much. Like the really thick outlines. Yeah. Anyway, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. That's just if there was ever like a heavy stylized version of Avatar. I guess that would be really cool. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Um. What can we talk about? We're talking about the first bit of Act 1, just so they can get, like, an introduction. I feel like that should just be in a separate thing. I think so, too. What else can we talk about? Let's find out. Oh. Uh, I think that's it, actually. We kind of talked about... The caller, right? Oh, my gosh. What happened? I did nothing. Why do you assume that just because it was a computer problem that I did something with the computer? Well, no one else touched it and something happened. It's just the computer. The computer does its own thing. The computer can't do anything unless you do something to it. That's not true. It, yeah, it is. Yes. Anyway. I'll go up. Let's see what else. We ended here, so this is like, we already talked about all this stuff. One night, Harold is convicted of murdering this third person. Why are you scrolling? He gets on the chopping block to be brain transplanted. He gets brain transplanted, and then he lives out the rest of his days as a vegetable. Suddenly, out of the blue, a lawyer comes to visit him. Right. Okay, I remember. I remember. His name is Atticus Finch. Haha. <laughs> That's funny. Throughout most of the second act, Harold finds these ridiculously convenient clues. Right, right. Um, during during the second act is when he's trying to figure out the clues to put Donnie in his situation. So, um, things that's... kind of. I think it's supposed to be more like things kind of just fall into his lap, almost yeah. like he doesn't have to try very hard, mm-hmm. which makes you like kind of question how he ended up in like a in this brain transplant in the first place, but you kind of find out that that's how he wanted it. That's how he planned it. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if we did that, if it will downplay all the struggles he's going through. Well, it's not supposed to be like, oh, this is amazing, I'm walking down the street and I found a clue. No, it's like supposed to be like, he just thinks of the most like appropriate yeah, things. that's right. I was thinking, this kind of shows a lot with the new series of Unfortunate Events on Netflix. How so? It has like the same art, like the same tone. It's dark and gloomy, but it's also like offbeat and cynical at the same time. 
and it has like that sort of mid 20s mid 20th century america sort of feel to it too it, and it's like it's like dark and gloomy but there's still like glimmers of hope every now and then yeah it's um i don't know it's throwing it out there anyway Yeah, so, Donnie's convicted, brain transplant happens, I think that's all we're going to talk about in this first episode. We've talked for like an hour and ten, or hour and fifteen, hour five, that's a, that's a decent sized podcast. I think next episode, um, like probably two weeks, maybe next week, even, sometime. We'll go through, we'll, de- we'll deconstruct the first Act. Yeah, we'll yeah. go through the first act. Second act, we're not even done writing. Yeah, we're so. like, we're there, but we haven't finished <laughs> And that's when we're going to talk about it, and we're going to write it out at the same time. So that's what's going to be called Come Write a Movie with Us. This is just an introduction, see if you like this. If not, please we're watch it anyway. do it's it free. anyway, yeah. yeah. It's free. You have an hour to kill. Just do it anyway. Thanks for listening to this one. Hopefully you guys can... Hopefully you guys like it. And you DM with any suggestions slash yeah. questions. Oh, we should probably tell them what to DM. We have a Twitter and an Instagram, and they're both at Movies with Matar. So we should we should find that it's M O V I E S W I T H M A T A R, no space. So if you do listen to this, which I hope you do, I'd be really happy. Yeah. Thank you. This has been Movies with Matar. Come write a movie with us. <laughs>